everyone, and welcome to the Amateur Podcast. I'm Ryan O'Connor, and today I'm talking to Enrique Felipe Martinez. Enrique runs a company called Vertes Vida in Puebla, Mexico. It's an environmental center that integrates art, plants, and educational workshops to teach people how to be more sustainable. So today he's going to talk to us about how we can live more sustainably as well. Hi, Enrique. Welcome to the show. Hi, Ryan. Yeah, good. Uh, I'm happy to be here. Thank you for the invitation. So I'm really excited for this conversation because I've always wanted to learn how I can be more sustainable. I've tried different things and failed multiple times at being more sustainable, <laughs> but I think it's a really important thing that we can all benefit from. So thanks for talking to us about this. Uh, first, uh, tell us what is Verdes Vida? What do you do with this project and how did it all get started? Okay, so, well, I've always been passionate about the environment. I mean, uh, well, when I met you, because we were housemates at some point of our lives, yep, I, I, was, <laughs> I was working in a sales company and I was just like living by the beach and enjoying life and stuff. And then I just saw how like the greed of humans selling like the, the land in order for them to build hotels and stuff. So I just started to have like this special interest on the environment. So eventually I applied for a scholarship to study environmental management in Australia. So I went there, I did my master's in environmental management in Sydney. I worked there for like a few years. It was more like a project more than a job. Okay. And we did uh, like the catalog of the plants in order to make um, green rooftops. Well, we were talking about green infrastructure in general. So we were talking about green walls and green rooftops. So it was really good because we had to do a lot of investigation on the types of plants and stuff. I'm passionate about plants and believe like, well, my house is full of plants. I, I just want plants all the time. <laughs> and um, so um, eventually my visa expired and I, just, I was just sick of following the rules of people. <laughs> so I decided to come back to Mexico because, well, to my hometown, Puebla. Uh -huh. And uh, well, I started looking for a way to sustain my life, obviously, because I wanted to, I know I wanted to start my own business in something related to the environment. And on the other hand, I wanted to just like share whatever I knew. So I got a job in um, a university here in Puebla, which is really cool. I love my, my lessons. My lectures are really cool. They're related to the environment. And then on the other hand, I started, um, I wanted like workshops initially, like a place where you could just have different types of workshops. I started inviting um, like third parties in order to do and deliver the workshops that I was doing. So one of them was the shampoo bars, which was, well, is uh, probably like the core of the business at the moment because it's really popular. Um, like I've, I try to make them like really cheap and available for people because that's the thing. Mm -hmm. Something that I uh, like, part of my project is like to make a change in people's behaviors because We've become, I don't know, uh, like this, this, the whole green movement is quite, um, I don't want to say racist, but like, you know, like it's only for a certain amount of people that can pay those sort of things. So usually they're more expensive. So, right. 
Yeah, I have noticed um, that. Yeah, you know, like whenever you go to like the farmer's market and stuff, everything is like super expensive. It's, it's sort of been integrated with like high, high upper class sort of um, high end products that you buy at expensive grocery stores like Whole Foods. I don't know. If it's just like high end and yeah, like either you pay it or like you're not part of the movement. So I just wanted to break with that and just try to integrate more people into the well into the whole movement. So that's when I started uh, with the workshops. Then eventually we did the one of the shampoo bars and it carried on super good. It was really popular. We like sold out. So I set up like a place here next to my house whenever like to that I just basically accommodated as a classroom. So mm -hmm. we have like a board and stuff and I put together some desks. So we started doing the workshops and it got super popular. But then some people were asking just for the shampoo bars instead of like a whole process of how to make it. So um, the girl that came and gave us the first workshop, she was more of a, like a botanic person, you know, like she knew a lot of the properties of the plants, of the roots, the leaves, etc. So it was really interesting because it was like trying to use both the benefits of plants and like in a biodegradable right. way in your life. So you like, you know, like it was like matching with all the, all the things that I wanted to do with my project. And obviously it was a way to fund myself as well. So it's important, the funding. So we just started doing it like super, you know, like uh, among friends and like really like no ads. Yeah. Like I just set up like an Instagram account and then I started uh, like taking pictures and then we started doing like more workshops. We started doing the conditioning as well, like as a bar as well, or like uh, the body lotion. Then we did like some uh, toothpaste workshops. Um, so it just started like growing as it went. Um, as I said, like I love plants, so I also did like some uh, plant hangers made of macrame. I don't know if you know that. Yep. So, and some projects have um, a rose uh, since those things started. So it's exciting. Well, with the whole virus, like I was putting together um, a little cafe place where I wanted to do the whole thing. But right now, like with all the restrictions and like the amount of people, it just not worth it because I have to pay for a lot of licenses and permits in order to open up. Right, right. Yeah. So like I just set up a, like a little showroom at my place. And so people have like just literally knock on my door, they show up and I just explain the products that I have. So I created a menu of 13 different shampoos because they are con the conditioner and the body lotion, which are like in as bars, they, they're sold at bars as well. They, uh, the, we, I just make one uh, type, whereas the shampoos, since there's like so many stuff that you can put in it, uh, and it like aims for a particular problem that you might have. Like, uh, so if you have like curly hair or like you have like freezing hair, you use certain things. And if you have like more like dry and broken hair, like you wanted to repair it, you use other stuff and so on. So. It has been also a journey for like uh, learning all these properties that like plants have and roots, like stuff that you've never even heard of. And so 
I also started like doing research into finding um, like native plants and native stuff like uh, in order to that would help you like take better care of your hair. So um, yeah, like I integrated some of the stuff that I'm using right now. I didn't know it existed like when I first got here like two years ago. So yeah, like people uh, have ordered in and like I've shipped like around Mexico, the price for a bar, a regular bar, because I have like two sizes, is one third of the price of Lush, for example. Really? So, I mean, it's more available, like it's easier to get, like it's not as expensive. And at the end of the day, you're doing a benefit because it doesn't come in plastic. That's the idea as well, like to avoid the use of plastic. Yeah, yeah you're, you're cutting down on packaging, right? That's a big motivator behind that, isn't it? Yeah, so I'm a plastic nasty, so. And like one way or another, you end up with plastic. So it's horrible. But, um, yeah, we'll see. Um, so I, for example, I wrap up my, my shampoo bars whenever like people buy them in corn husks. Because we're in Mexico, obviously we eat a lot of corn. Yeah. So you can buy them, like they're just dried up. Usually you have to put them in water, like soak them for a while in order to wrap the tamales. Yeah. Hopefully you know them in, in Canada. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think people uh, people would know uh, tamales uh, or have heard of them. Probably they definitely know corn husks. We do have corn in, here in Canada, except yeah, we have I don't know we have a big variety of of corn. Yeah, but um, so yeah, like I mean, it's a product that it's really cheap. Yeah. Um, like I mean, so I instead of like wrapping it in a, like a plastic or bag or whatever, I just decided to use those. So it has been working. It's good. Uh, people ask for their tamales whenever they buy, you know, like, so it's like, it has become like some sort of identity of my product, which I like. Uh Um, Yeah, it's good. So I don't know, like, if you you want me to tell you more about what's inside the shampoo bar? Yeah, well, I was going to say, I like your, your approach of the workshops, because rather than just having people buying um, the products you're teaching people how to make them, which is a really cool approach to sustainability because I find that approach is very sustainable. If people learn how to make these products, then for many people, maybe they just want to buy it because it's easier. But for a lot of people, they probably like the idea of being able to do this themselves. Right. Um, so yeah, why don't we talk about some of the products and what goes into them? Um, so whether it's the shampoos or the soaps, what, what sorts of materials do you use to create these products? Okay. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, the idea of like teaching them how to do it, obviously just like to power people into making them realize that we can make a difference regardless of like what, how the world's looking. I mean, our actions as, uh, like an informed consumer can make a difference. So obviously you, it's never too late to learn how to do different things. I've enjoyed learning like new things. Do you teach this stuff in your classes as well? Yeah, the idea, like right now in my lectures, not all of them, all of the lectures are related to sustainability, but whenever I have a chance in like, you have to read something or like, you know, examples, I always put like a a report or something related to the environment. So Mm -hmm. like obviously not, super intense as, oh my God, here he comes again, you know? Like more as a <laughs> easy to digest way and just making people aware of mm-hmm. where we are. Cause sometimes people think 
that tomatoes grow on Walmart, you know? And <laughs> I don't know, I get pissed <laughs> at those sort of behaviors. So yeah, like with one thing or another, just try to make a difference and yeah, like teach them. So the shampoos, um, let me get the recipe here. Uh, the, one of the components, the, one of the main components actually, is made out of, so the coconut oil, it gets processed, it goes through a chemical process in which it becomes a substance where both like water-based uh, things and oily-based things can merge into one thing because, you know, like oil and water don't merge. So it just goes into this process and it becomes like a really dry, like almost powder sort of um, material. Mm-hmm. So there's two different of these products. There's one that it's called, well, like, I mean, it has like, both of them have a really like scientific name. Uh, the abbreviations of these powders are SCS and SCI. Because I mean, as I said, like it's cocoil, setum, sodium, you know, it's like really, and I don't know if it's the same thing, but I know in English, if you look for them with these initials, mm. but it's, um, um, both of them, well, like one of them has the property of cleaning, like it has like a really cleaning property. And the other one, it's softer with like, um, with the skin and stuff. So it's uh, like smoother, like, I don't know, like creamier. So whenever you, like all of the formulas that I use, I use both of these components in order to make the shampoo. So, I mean, the, these components, uh, they, they produce a lot of soap. Uh, so you don't have to really rub as a, sometimes a, a soap has less foam than like these shampoos. Like whenever you just rub it on your hair a bit and then you will see like a lot of soap, like a foam uh, uh, forming already. So I use those two things. Then um, the mineralized water, the one that you use for the irons, you know? Yeah, of course, yeah. So, because the idea is that you don't want to put any more uh, metals or minerals into your hair because obviously they're not, not all of them are good. So the idea is to just like avoid any minerals on your hair. Then, Glycerin, like vegetable, uh, vegetal uh, glycerin, which is, um, I don't know if when you were a kid, if you played with um, like making bubbles, you know, like just, you just put like soap, water and glycerin. And it just, it just makes like the, I don't know, it's like greasy, like, I don't know. It, it's like a, like a lubricant almost. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I put a bit of that as well. Uh, I use um, oils, so natural oils. So uh, here's where you can like start to personalize a bit the shampoo because as you know, there's like uh, olive oil, there's uh, avocado oil, sesame seed oil, like there's all these different oils. So uh, there's garlic oil, for example, and garlic is really good um, to make the the hair, like the roots of the hair stronger. So if you use this one, like, you know, you can start, like, personalizing. So uh, one of the shampoos that I, um, I make has linseed on it uh, because it helps control the uh, freeze, like, uh, you have, like, curly hair and stuff. So um, 
like I put linseed and like hibiscus flower and I also use like these particular uh, oils so you know like to put like more on top of the, the properties to make stronger the properties of whatever so yeah so I use a lot of oils then uh, karité I don't know like it's karité fat I don't know let me see how you say karité in English it looks like um, hazelnut but a bigger one it comes from Africa it's really used for natural health products like cleaning products and stuff she shade tree does that ring a shea butter? She tree. Shea tree? Is that the shea butter? Yeah, exactly. So shea butter comes from the shea, which is like this thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, so yeah, like I use that as well. Okay. And then I use the um, whatever stuff I'm putting into the shampoo. So instead of using the water, I usually make infusions of different leaves or flowers or even uh, like uh, barks of different things. So there is one, it's called Dragon's Blood. I don't know if you've heard of that. Never heard of it, no. But uh, <laughs> So yeah, it's like a bark, and then whenever you boil it, uh, like the water becomes red. So okay. that's why it's called. Cool. And it's really good like to help you grow new hair and stuff. So so yeah, like I like as I as I told you, initially I started looking for like some products, anything like acai. Do you know acai? Oh yeah, I know acai. It's like a, a berry, right? A really trendy. Yeah, exactly. Berry. So it's like a superfood and blah blah blah. So that one has um, like a property to make your hair straight. Like I mean, it just has like a like a straightening property. So instead of like people that are always like trying to straighten their hair with a like a machine, like an iron or something. So, yeah, like, I mean, we, uh, well, we, I started this project with a friend of mine, but now I'm by myself. So now it's only me. <laughs> <laughs> how did you, how did you learn about all these properties? Like you were saying, the uh, property of acai to make your hair straighter and the other one, the dragon's blood that can help your hair grow. How did you learn all this? Did you do a lot of research on the internet or? I, yeah, like I did, I did some research. So like as part of Verdes Vida, like as I said, I'm a fan of plants. So I have this curiosity of just plants in general. So uh, Mexico is the number, the, the second country in the world with most uh, like medicinal plants. So I started like talking with people uh, like in the markets and they would just like tell you, oh, you should like, stuff that I haven't even heard and it's even hard to get it because it's not popular like I mean it's a, it's something that it's dying so as you know like I'm Mexican I obviously it's part of like my heritage as Mexican so that's also something that I want to like implement you know like at the end of the day it's all these knowledge that it's getting lost and I mean with plants that are native to where we live so it's just like part of me, I went to, uh, I started making a greenhouse here in my house. So the idea is to make, uh, uh, like I want to make two things, like as part of Verdes Vida. So I want to make a, like chili plants, like a chili bank, because I think it's fun. Because I mean, I love chilies and like we're the number one country with chilies in the world. So and some of them are just, you find certain types in the supermarket, but then others, you don't. And I think they're nicer to grow than tomato and stuff because 
it's just a bush, so you can just keep on harvesting. Whereas a tomato, it dies off and you have to germinate it and blah, and hate them. So chilies and the medicinal food, uh, plants. Yeah, and then I did some research, but at the end, most of the research is really informal as well. So it's not like a scientific document of the indigenous person telling you about certain things, you know, it's just like, but then uh, the research that you do, you find that there's like a more ways that this product is used for the same purpose. So it was just like, okay, I'm just going to implement. So I have a big um, armoire with all these different plants, herbs, flowers, etc. So every time that you open it, it smells like really, really nice. It's good. All the plants and stuff smells delicious. You have to come back to Mexico. Yeah, definitely. Let's talk about the process. What are some of the steps involved in making these soaps and shampoos? Well, everything is done by hand. So I just have to mix the ingredients okay. in a large bowl and depending on the amount of shampoos that I'm making. So, I mean, it takes like half an hour to, to put all the ingredients together, to mix them thoroughly because you need to mix them since you have a lot of solids and like, for example, uh, the shea butter. Yep. That is, it, you have to like really like blend it together. Okay. You have to like with your hands. So it takes some time to work. Yeah, work so like half an hour hands. for like each, each one. Okay. And then you have to let it, uh, like once you put it in the molds together or like, I don't know, I would recommend like 24 hours to 48 hours in order to make sure that it's fully dry right okay so you just keep it off to the side somewhere while it dries and yeah and then you just use it as a regular soap you whenever you use it you don't let it like sit in where there's water because otherwise yeah. Yeah. you know like it dissolves just, like melts yeah okay um how do you know how did you perfect these products like how did you know when let's say you made a, a bar of soap or shampoo and it just didn't work and then you had another bar of shampoo and you thought hey this is a great bar of shampoo this one really works how did you how did you figure out that um yeah just like trying so at the beginning we didn't blend like for example the herbs mm -hmm. so whenever you were washing your hair like you would have like little twigs or like pieces of leaves and stuff yeah okay so then we pulverized like fully the ingredients to the point that it's just like powder. So you don't even see them anymore. Yeah. That, that was like one of the big things that we improved. Uh -huh. um, uh, we try to do a children's one with uh -huh. like natural coloring. Okay. But then it was just a mess. It was just like the coloring was too intense. Uh -huh. So we ended up like painting everything. It was not fun. Yeah. So. Um, just by the ingredients that you add, like it just creates a particular color for each bar. So we, I don't use any additional uh, like essential oils for okay. oil for smell or something, because yeah. I think the process of extraction of essential oils is pretty like intense with okay. nature. And so, I mean, it's we love them. It, they're, they're, some of them are really good, but then at the end of the day. It's just adding another smell to your hair where you already have like your laundry, yeah, uh, yeah. any perfume, you know, there's like smells in everything. Do your customers so, like, do they ask you if you have any ones that are, that have a particular? So color? some of them uh, have 
uh, vanilla in them. And instead of like the shea butter, they have vanilla butter as well. Okay. So they smell a bit like vanilla. Mm -hmm. uh, so that one works in terms of like flavor, like smell. Mm -hmm. And then the citrus ones, like uh, they do smell like the mandarin and the orange as well. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Like, and I also, for example, uh, some of the stuff, for example, the rosemary, I get it from my rosemary from my house. So yeah, so you have a garden with the herbs. Yeah, so the idea is also to make them as organic as possible. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's yeah. biodegradable, but it's like I know where the plants came from. On, you know, right. like try to make them as local and as mm -hmm. like, yeah. So do you grow a lot of a lot of the plants yourself in your garden? Some of them, yeah, I do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, for example, the mangoes, because there's a mango one. Um, mm. Yeah, like. I, well, like, I mean, I didn't grow the mangoes, but uh, yeah, like, I mean, out of the mangoes that I ate, I took all these things. So sometimes I just have like a lot of stuff drying out for the, but for example, the avocado, the avocado peels are mm -hmm. really good like, against cooties and uh, all those things like the growing your hair. Yeah. And those, yeah, like, I mean, the avocados that I use, they do come from a tree from my house. So that's wow. also cool. That's cool. So you, you grow a lot of it, some of it you buy at the market, and then a lot of the waste parts of what we normally throw in the compost bin, you just keep and add that to your shampoos and your soaps. Oh, yeah, that's, I've also done some workshops of compost. I've made myself some uh, like composting boxes uh -huh. like with worms and stuff. Oh, wow. Do yeah, so... For soil for your garden? or? Yeah, so, I mean, you just throw all your, your organic trash yeah. there and then like the worms just eat it up and it, yeah. they just sort of climb and like it's a system where you have like three piled up um, uh, drawers uh -huh. and then they just sort of whenever they eat the food from the the bottom container they just crawl up like I mean they're in touch so they just crawl up because yeah. it's like a net at the bottom uh -huh. and the worms uh, like eat and then they just keep on uh, so whenever the worms are all the way at the top the bottom floor it's already like a hummus uh -huh. like a worm comics, okay so like the texture of, yeah interesting so it's like um like one of the most like it's literally dirt like yeah, soil yeah, so yeah. it's super fertile because i have like yeah. all the ingredients all the 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 stuff that you use like uh from the food but it's already processed like yeah. ready to be used by the plants so it's like really really rich and it also has like it produces another byproduct that it's uh like a liquid uh -huh. that you have to, um, I don't know, put one part of this liquid and then parts of like water, and then you can just spray it on your plants. And it's also one of the best fertilizers and it's fully natural, so. Yeah, I've been meaning to try that for my own garden. You should do it, like honestly, yeah. like I mean, you just get rid of all these garbage, like and the garbage bag lasts longer because you'll just realize like all the, the stuff that you have there, it's like wrappers and plastic. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. like the, what smells and rots, it's usually the, the organic. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'll, I'll give it a try. Uh, maybe I might have to wait till next season, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so what's your vision for Verdes Vida? What, where do you see it growing or where do you hope to see it grow in the future? So initially I wanted to make like, as I said, like uh, I 
had this like background of plants and urban mm -hmm. uh, like I don't know intervention in general because we cannot remake the cities we just can make them greener yeah so I thought of making like the rooftops of here downtown sort of greener and like grow like uh, some sort of garden stuff uh -huh. and as I said just like activate and integrate art to have like expositions of different uh, I don't know like painting photography, sculpture, whatever, uh -huh. always have to have like uh, some sort of connection to the environment. Yeah. Like a cafe. So here in Mexico, we produce a few, in a few places, cafe, mm -hmm. coffee. Yeah. So um, yeah, have like a coffee bar, you know, like some local products, but not get carried away with like everything. Like I don't want to have like a, lush like yeah. i mean i, I just want to like integrate everything because everything is isolated i think like if you want plants you have to go to the nursery if you want like a zero waste product it's here if you want a workshop yeah so i just want to bring everything together like with education and like uh like expositions and culture and music and just like sounds great a nice vibe and yeah. nice music and affordable of course like i mean obviously i have to make some profit out of it but I don't want to abuse because that's the thing with the, the environmental market that people abuse. Yeah, absolutely. It's become sort of like a, a sell. Um, how do you call it? Like a marketing gimmick, right? People, companies add it to their labels and things like that to, to sell. I've gone to like I've participated in some like markets where, or like events that they recycled a lot of stuff and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And as I said, like my product was the cheapest one. Uh -huh. It's not because it's bad quality at all. Like, I mean, it's just like the philosophy of the product. I want to make people change their behaviors instead of just being elitist about like, oh, you cannot buy it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's a really cool approach. And uh, hopefully, hopefully it works and hopefully you get, you get a, you build something something meaningful it's a lot of work but yeah i i have to continue i've been here um for in mexico for two years already so uh -huh. and the first workshop was a bit over a year so it was like in may may last year or something okay yeah oh cool so you've been doing this for a year now and uh yeah, yeah like we have really good response as i said like most of the customers come back and uh, yeah, like, I mean, and I, I haven't really done any advertisement on social media and stuff. So it's like word of mouth. That's great. So I have to really like get into it and like start like putting ads in order to make it bigger. Mm -hmm. But it's just, as I said, like with uni and stuff. But yeah, I just have to make time and organize myself, you know, like the perks of being an entrepreneur. Yeah, and I, 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 I can see how tough that is when... Uh, you're a teacher and I know how how heavy those teaching schedules can be with grading and coming up with oh prepping assessments and classes and things like that it takes up a lot of time so um, so you must be very busy building this this business and this project and yeah but you know like I, it just made sense because at the end like in one way I wanted to make like I wanted to have action while doing something. Yeah. And on the other hand, I wanted to educate because I think in order to make a change, you need mm -hmm. to do both. Mm -hmm. Like not just be a passive 
part of the process where you're just teaching what's good, what's right, or how to do it. Yeah. But like getting, you know, like your hands dirty and like, okay, like be part of like the space. So here in Puebla, we have uh, like the city has grown a lot. Mm -hmm. So it's connected already to Cholula, which is, it was a village. Mm -hmm. And Cholula is more like trendy, more hipster, more like uh, international, uh, like people live there. Whereas downtown Puebla, it's more like old and like, I mean, there's, it's starting to, yeah. to reactivate downtown. I think it's beautiful, but it's not as popular as Cholula. And in Cholula, there's a lot of competition in this like end of like uh, zero waste and blah, 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 like bulking, yeah. old stuff and like uh, nurseries. Whereas here in downtown, there's not a lot of competition as well. So I think it's good. And I want to have like a good uh, like social media and like I need to do my website and blah, blah, blah. But um, because I think uh, uh, my cousin, she lives in Playa del Carmen, well, near Cancun, not in Playa del Carmen, Puerto Morelos. She proposed selling like small shampoos like to the to hotels and, you know, like accommodation in yeah. general yeah. over there. Mm -hmm. So it's like a new project that has started like to, so I just sent her some. So probably that's like another way that the market can go, like not only for uh, like you and me in our houses, but probably like if you go for a hotel, you can use the shampoo bar as like shampoo, because it's like really made for the hair. But at the end of the day, you can use it like for your body as well, because it's like a, so, so yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I just want to have a bigger impression in people in like the in sustainability in an environmental way. So just change something because I mean, I'm not planning on having any children, but like whoever has children, like good luck because it just looks like pretty blurry out there. Yeah, I, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> So uh, what advice would you have for someone who wants to start sim something similar to Verdes Vida in their community, whether it's in Mexico or Canada or the United or where wherever in the world, because this is something that a lot of people are starting to take notice of. And people are thinking, we talked before about the attitude that, oh, I can't do anything. It's not going to make a difference. And then you're sort of proving that attitude wrong here, right? So uh, coming from the standpoint of I want to do something in my community, I want to start something. What advice would you give to these people who want to start something like Verdes Vida in their community? I think just do it, like jump. And everything is against like a sustainable way of living, like a lifestyle. It's like grab your car, everything comes wrapped up in plastic. And like even the way that we express like, oh, I need this. And it's just like, dude, you have, you don't need, a lot of things that you say that you need so just if like people have the interest in doing it i mean just i think avoid consumption is like the first one i think consumption is like the cancer of the world because that just brings like all the industries and all the emissions and all the trash and like the fast lives of the products that we buy and you know so if you just focus in just buying good quality things that you really need and that's it i think that that is already a good start okay and then if i want to start uh like a product educating people like making pro making my own products and then maybe educating people as you do and that kind of thing 
there's a few blogs and like even YouTubers okay. that they have everything online. So it's not a secret or a secret yeah. formula. I mean, it's, you need to have the proper ingredients. That's yep. as hard as it gets. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like, I mean, that's, that's the thing. Like, I mean, once you start looking into it, you realize that it's not that hard or complicated. Yeah. Okay. So like so, you can get most of the stuff online. You can just yeah. like get them ordered and shipped to your house. And yeah. I've eventually created my own formulas, but then there's a lot of stuff that you can just uh, find free out there. And like, I mean, all the products, the cleaning products, for example, we have like a really idea that you need to have like soap and it has to smell chlorine, otherwise it's not clean. Yeah. Where if you use like other stuff like vinegar or like even citric peels as well, and you let them sit, you make difference. So, just I think if you have the interest and you start like doing a bit of research, you realize that it's not that hard. Not that hard. Because then if you read the recipe and you type the, the ingredient there, like you get shipped to your house within the same week. So I mean, if you feel like doing something, just do it. I mean, that's it. Because we need more people doing those sort of things as well. Yeah, I agree. Definitely, we need more people uh, starting projects like yours and hopefully um, doing more for the environment because uh, it is very serious. And I think a lot of people know that. Um, and then, yeah, like, I mean, it's just like spending a bit more time in like your consuming habits, like at the supermarket. And then, I mean, you've done your part. So yeah, like, I think the people that are interested, they're already starting to act, but they sometimes need a push by people like me or something in order to make the, like the actual change. Yeah, cool. Uh, that's great advice. And thanks so much for talking to me today, Enrique. That was very educational. And uh, I hope your project uh, grows, into, grows and, and it educates more and more people. And then who knows, maybe, uh, maybe things will start to change eventually, right? Yeah, well, hopefully it will. Yeah, we need it. <laughs> we, we really need it. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. Yeah, definitely. All right. Um, is there anything else you want to add before we go? No, no, no. All good. Thank you for okay. having me again. And yeah, like if anybody has any doubts, you can find Verdes Vida on social media. So Awesome. Cool. Uh, I'll definitely put those in the, sh in the uh, notes and uh, then people, that way people can find you and learn more. About yeah, like if you're interested in like the products that you find, I can send them to Canada or whatever. Oh, cool. It usually takes like a, like 10 days, like the cheapest way. Cause I can send them like through FedEx yeah. and stuff and you would get them within the same way. But at the end of the day, it's just like it gets delivered and it's like sometimes half of the price. So yeah. Oh, cool. So yeah, uh, definitely follow Enrique on Instagram and, and or Facebook. And, and if you're interested in ordering some of his products, uh, he'll ship them to, up to Canada. And uh, once again, thanks, Enrique. Thanks so much. No worries. Thank you, Ryan. Have a good afternoon. Yeah, you too. Take care. Bye. Well, there you have it. Living more sustainably, making your own household products is not that hard. Thanks again to Enrique for sharing his knowledge and experience with us. I'm so impressed by the initiative that he's taken with Verdes Vida. You can follow him on Instagram at verdes.vida.mx and on Facebook at Verdes Vida Pue. I'll put those in the show notes. Thanks again for joining us today. I hope you learned something. You can check out our website at amateurpod.com 
follow us on social media, comment, subscribe, send me your episode suggestions if you have any, because remember, there's a teacher in everyone you meet.